Hey, 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 it's Friday. That means you're about to get tortured with another episode of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. What are we going to talk about this week? Heck, I don't even know. All right, all right, everybody, listen up. It's another wonderful week here at Creative Writing uh, Manor, uh, Shack, Dumpster, whatever the whatever the heck I live in here. Uh, I just wanted to say, first of all, uh, I hope you're having a good week so far. I hope the weather wherever you're at is agreeable and uh, doing you a favor, letting you get out and ride while we approach the end of summer here. Um, tragically, we are a week into uh, one of you know one of the recent disasters in uh, American history, which is Hurricane Harvey. And uh, I have to say that hurricanes have been, um, I mean, we haven't had that bad of uh, wildfires and, and earthquakes and stuff like that. It's been the hurricanes that have been getting us these last few years. So uh, everyone in, in Harvey, um, I hope that if you have friends or family or if you're there and somehow you're listening to this, that you are safe and, uh, you know, it's going to take a long time to rebuild and for things to get back on track. But, you know, as a nation and as a community, uh, I have no doubt that um, we'll take the time to do it right. And the thing is, is that I can't believe the unbelievable amount of support from the motorcycling community that I've seen all across the country from, you know, California to New York, uh, everybody's reaching out and trying to do what they can to either donate, uh, to do some sales of products, and then all the proceeds are going to um, benefit everything from food banks to shelters to uh, churches to uh, animal shelters. You know, humans aren't the only ones that uh, are in put into harm's way when something like this happens. So uh, yeah, it's been really cool seeing all that. And and, uh, you know, it's it's tragic, the loss of life, the loss of property, you know, uh, everything that's going on right now. And there's a lot of things that people don't think about when something like this happens. Not only is there, you know, massive havoc wreaked, uh, people have lost their homes, people, you know, their lives is the biggest thing. People have lost their lives. That is terrible. That's tragic. Friends and family lost, whole families uh, swept away in flood water. Please don't try to take your bike or your car, or whatever you have across any of this moving water. We're a week in, and it's uh, supposedly going to start moving away soon. But man, been dumping dumping water for like a whole week is, is just nuts, and what people have had to go through. And this whole week is going to change people's lives forever, and that's partially what's sad. But, um, but yeah, don't get out there. Don't try to, you know get your stuff, you know, if, if you've lost some stuff or whatever, I mean, you know, life goes on. Um, and it's, it's pretty amazing to see, uh, outpourings of volunteers, like the people that were lining up with boats, um, you know, just oh, tons of people that were civilian, uh, right alongside with military and first responders that were there to lend a hand, searching for people going car to car for people that are stranded, uh, and rescuing people out of cars, um, you know, and just what a what an incredible show of support from the surrounding community and uh, stuff like that. It's it's that sort of stuff that I think uh, makes 
makes us uh, what we are and in, in, in these times of like uncertainty and, and um, you know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, stuff like this is really what brings us closer together um, as a country and as a community. Um, you know, there's things like flood water uh, that has sewage, um, creates water main breaks, gas main breaks, um, which causes explosions, all sorts of stuff. It's not just homes to get flooded, it's businesses and it's, uh, industrial, uh, factories and stuff like that. So you got all these like crazy chemical facilities that are going to start, um, having problems and leaking stuff into the air and catching on fire, all this crazy stuff that happens just because of a hurricane, uh, coming in off the Gulf. So, uh, it's really incredible. I, I imagine that the roadways are going to be flooded for some time. So like I said, you know, stay off your bikes. Don't try to go down there and get a look at it. Um, unless you're part of the rescue effort that's down there with the boat, you don't, you know, your car is not going to do very much good. Um, so yeah, the, the uh, flooding, washing away a lot of the roads, damaging a lot of the communities. And not only that, but in a couple weeks, we're going to see these things like the fires, um, the sewage breaks, you know, the sewage just probably overflowing up into the city, which is disgusting uh, and flowing. You know, people are trying to wade through it and stuff like that. You don't really think of that when you think of water levels rising, but all the stuff that goes down into the ground, well, now it's up with you. Um, so that's pretty gross. Mosquitoes are going to be a big problem. They don't really live in in uh, moving water, but in a couple weeks, you know, when the, all that water is not flowing anymore and it's standing still, mosquitoes and disease are just going to be a huge problem. You're probably going to be see people uh, getting sick um, from whatever raw uh, sewage and chemicals and everything else that's floating around in these floodwaters, plus some of the mosquitoes that are going to be coming out in, in a couple weeks. So it's not just this week, folks. It's not just what you can do to help out this week. Uh, it's what you can do to help out probably over the course of like, I don't know, gosh, her King Katrina, I feel like it's it's over 10 years since that thing happened. And I feel like there's still people that, uh, you know, are in areas down there that is, were decimated by it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see how quickly Harvey gets cleaned up and everything and and uh, make sure everybody is back on track. But it's kind of scary uh, what's what's happening with that. And like I said, it's it's great to see the motorcycle community doing what they can to help and the outpouring of civilian help and support in, in uh, this time of need. Uh, having said that, other people and other places being affected by Harvey include places like here in California and lots of places um, west of the hurricane action right now, partially because it's driven an air pattern through where it's holding heat on this side and there's tropical storms that uh, come up and push uh, heat from the tropics with it. And since it held there over, you know, over Texas, uh, a lot of the places west of there we're getting some crazy, crazy heat, and we've been having it out here. It's been a little bit more humid and way hotter than we're, we're used to. And for the next, for this whole week and next week, it's forecasted to be in the triple digits in most of uh, most of SoCal. And when you're talking about the deserts, those triple digits is like 110 and up. And so if you're out there. You know, typically a lot of people don't go to the desert during the summer, but there are some. And so if you're out there doing adventure stuff, you know, trying to ride your bike, uh, doing some motocross practice out in the Inland Empire, anything like that, be really careful. And we'll touch on this later in the show. But yeah, it's, um, you know, it's going to be like this for a couple of weeks. So and then now the storm is, is moving, uh, moving east. And so people are going to be experiencing uh, stuff 
you know, going up into Louisiana and Arkansas and Kentucky and stuff like that. So be prepared wherever you are um, and always have a backup plan. And uh, speaking of a backup plan, if you're on a motorcycle and uh, you don't have you know, a, a go bag or a bug out bag or something like that. Uh, maybe now is the time to consider some emergency training and like a little kit that you can throw on your bike to get the hell out of Dodge when uh, shit hits the fan, so to speak. Right now is a perfect example of, you know, when you have a motorcycle, you could evacuate a little bit faster than cars. A lot of cars got stranded on freeways. And I know it's illegal, but hell, in a time of an emergency, it seems like it wouldn't be frowned upon if you were to split to get out uh, of a situation like that that was, you know, going to be harmful um, and split lanes down the highway, at least and maybe check on people and stuff like that on your way out and, and get out of there and, and make sure you have the toolkit and like a little survival pack to uh, to make it for a couple days. They used to sell them at Home Depot. Uh, here in in the southwest i'm not sure like lowe's and all that stuff probably uh like in the midwest and, and on the east coast but um yeah i'm not sure what your big hardware stores are but usually you can buy a hurricane or a, a disaster preparedness kit here they sell them almost specifically because of earthquakes uh but you know when when you have places like that that are prone to storms or tornadoes i'm sure they have them as well so just pick up one of those. They come in a backpack form. They're small enough that if you had a big gear backpack or a luggage rack or something, you could toss it in there. And it's usually got around three days of uh, food and water for one person, plus a little first aid kit. And then you could throw like your road kit and tool kit um, in a backpack with it or in your top case or luggage or whatever. So yeah, it, it's often these times when it would be too late really to do anything about it now that we start thinking about this stuff. Um, and if you were thinking about it right now, you would be out of luck. But start thinking about it before this stuff happens and be prepared. Um, I've got a couple of these little packs in, in my garage. And if something were, were to ever go down, uh, I could either throw them in the car with the family and beat it or uh, just throw it on in my back, my regular backpack and get out of here on my bike if I, if I was by myself. So, yeah, it's just something to think about living here in SoCal and being so prone to earthquakes and stuff. It's something that we're kind of always... Uh, conscious of and told but obviously it's uh, in other parts of the country um, it's also something that would be very helpful in a situation like this so just something to think about so recently uh, Valentino Rossi was in the news for busting his leg busting the same leg that he broke at Magello um, I want to say a couple of years ago a few years ago and uh, you know he it shattered or something like that. The bones are totally um, messed up and not set to basically uh, be able to be aligned. I think they're in little tiny fragments is probably why. Um, but he was he was training on an enduro bike with some of the uh, VR46 uh, school kids. If you're not familiar with VR46, it's a uh, super popular race fuel, but it is also Valentino Rossi's... Um, school for awesome kids that ride motorcycles and uh it's a little riders academy that he has set up and they're probably doing some like dirt uh track you know like um testing and, and and training and stuff like that on dirt bikes so he was on an enduro when he fell off which uh brings up the subject of crashes of retired racers i know he's not retired yet but he's probably on his way out soon um yeah earlier this year angel nieto who was a 
gosh, like a 90 time uh, Spanish champion. He had 13 championships in the 50 to 125 CC class. Um, he crashed a quad, I believe, uh, in Ibiza. And he was put into uh, an induced medical coma, and then he passed away uh, a couple few weeks ago. Um, Max Biaggi also um, thoracic injuries after a moto uh, supermoto crash in Italy uh, recently as well. And uh, Carl Fogarty, Carl or yeah, I guess it's Carl Fogarty. Wouldn't be John Fogarty, right? Uh, Carl Fogarty crashed on a dirt track, had major injuries, um, and now Valentino Rossi uh, being the fourth one uh, that I've seen in the news, at least, which uh, just goes to show whether you're retired and enjoying motorcycles still, it's not all uh, rainbows and uh, whatever else riding motorcycles in your retirement would be, you know, rainbows and jumping over clouds made of money and gold. Um there, there's real crashes, man, and it's not that you don't have the skill, but maybe you're pushing it beyond what you have currently as opposed to what you had when you are younger, or maybe you're trying new things. Like all these dudes went down, Max Biaggi, Supermoto, or Carl Fogarty, Dirt Bike, um, Angel Nieto, Quad, Valentino Rossi, Enduro. Um, you know, they're crashing on stuff that they weren't particularly known for. And and uh, so, yeah, they're probably just out there having fun, doing what they think is going to be like a fun jaunt around on a uh, on a dirt bike. And wham, they, they're so pitted. I'm going to do something that's unprecedented. I've never heard this on a podcast before, but we're going to ask Alexa, you know, with the self-driving cars and all, you know, everything coming down to what's the most technologically advanced thing and, and uh, you know, technology getting integrated and everything. I thought I'd check it out. So I'm going to ask Alexa. Alexa, who is Nikki Hayden? Nicholas Patrick Hayden, nicknamed the Kentucky Kid, was an American professional motorcycle racer who won the MotoGP World Championship in 2006. All right, we kind of all know who Nikki Hayden is. Let's let's dial it down a little, you know, maybe some custom custom guys. Uh, Alexa, who is Roland Sands? Roland Sands is an American motorcycle racer and designer of custom high-performance motorcycles. Wow, this is kind of freaky that Alexa knows all these people from Nikki Hayden down to Roland Sands. Alexa, who is Ryan Dungey? Ryan Dungey is a former American professional motorcycle racer who raced in the AMA Supercross and Outdoor Motocross Championships. Wow, she seems to know a lot. And that's kind of freaky. Uh, Let's narrow it down to flat track. Alexa, who is Jared Meese? Jared Meese is an American professional dirt track motorcycle racer. That is crazy. Hey, Alexa, who is Chris Wiggins? Chris Wiggins was an English-born Canadian actor. Sounds perfectly legit. I just happened to be sitting with a Canadian actor. Let's get to our uh, sit-down. Sorry for the audio. It's a little bit hollow right now, but we've just been on Loud Pipes tonight, uh, Chris Wiggins and I. If you know, we've been talking about Chris Wiggins for 83 years now. I feel like he's he's lives close by, so he comes over a lot. And we've been we've been yapping and chatting about all sorts of stuff. And tonight, I want to do something kind of funny on the show. We just were on Loud Pipes, like I mentioned. So if you go over to their show this week, you should hear us blabbing about Harley's, which is you know kind of our bread and butter. 
so Chris, hey, there's something I wanted to ask you, and that is, you know, the Wheels and Waves uh, U.S. round just happened. It was round, oh, shoot, seven? Seven, the I Ro- think, yeah. yeah. the Roland Sands uh, Super, Super Hooligan Series. Yes, confirmed right here, round seven. Uh, how was Wheels and Waves? Uh, it was good. It was at Santa Maria Raceway in Santa Maria, California. Or it's technically actually Nitmo or something like that. It's just across the bridge from Santa Maria. But uh, we went up, uh, my friend and I that I raced with went up Saturday. We raced Saturday night for a regular uh, CFTA around at Santa Maria Raceway. And then we camped in the race van because contrary to popular belief, hooligans are pretty broke too. <laughs> so we, we camped in the back of the van and then uh, we raced Sunday for the Wheels and Waves. So it was just the seventh round of the RSD Super Hooligan Series. Um, it was pretty cool, though. We just had heats and a main, um, a B main, and the winner of the B main got a transfer to the A main. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty standard round, I think. Brad Spencer won the dash for cash. Uh, Joe Cop won the main with Brad Spencer in second. And... Uh, the big kind of upset, I think, was Andy Debrino, who was leading the points for the Indian FTR 750, was not able to make the round. So Andy was at 103 points. He's still at 103. Brad Spencer is up to 106, and Joe Cop is at 110. Yeah. Hey, I don't see number three is missing from the list. It skips to number four. Oh, that's no, that's your. Oh, third place was uh, um, Chris McDougal, so he might be on another yeah, page. Yeah, he wasn't on the... Oh, he so he's just out of the top close. 13. All these guys are... So he would be tied for 13th place, but he's on another page. Okay. Because these guys all are third place, third place, third place, so... Okay. Yeah, I print... This is the only page that displays on, but that makes sense, because... Uh, you know, number three, number five, there's a few numbers missing. So I was wondering yeah. where, the, where they were. They weren't displaying on, on the, the page. Uh, speaking of heats, it's been like, God dang, 100 plus in the valley today. How was it up there? In, in warm. Uh, is that Cuyacos? Cuyacos? How do they, I don't even know how they pronounce that. Uh, I didn't go up for all the wheels and waves. I was only up for the flat track race in Santa Maria. But it was pretty warm. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> the heat wave hit, I think, kind of after that. But it was still in the 90s all day. Yeah, it's been here. It's been like a hundred plus, like the whole week. It's going to be a hundred and plus going into next week. And I posted it online, but I wanted to tell everyone it's going to be participating in, in moto, in practice, flat track, moto, whatever the heck you're doing. Especially, I think there's a couple of races in the East and uh, in the Imperial Empire this week, the Inland Empire actually is uh, be careful out there because hydration is like going to be a key factor. I got a couple friends that are riding from the north down this weekend. It might be kind of cooler up north, um, but, man, be careful once you get down here. It's, it's like going to be 115, 120 plus in uh, Palm Desert this weekend. Um, so I have a couple I have a couple questions about the Santa Maria. How was the vibe up there as far as like all the flat track and all the racing and camaraderie, camaraderie and everything? Uh, I think it was good. The super hooligan race is definitely a little bit different of a vibe than like the CFTA rounds. Um, but Saturday it was cool. They did uh, some four fifties before us that 
got like little writer interviews and then they did the hooligan race and we got little writer interviews before or like little intros i guess and then they interviewed the top three and then they had the uh pro 450 main they did the same thing so they gave like little bios or whatever little intros and then interviewed the top three again and then um sunday was pretty well just the super hooligan there was super hooligan there was a vintage class and there was like a run what you brung. So it was a little more laid back vibe, a little like less serious, except for the super hooligan round is obviously pretty serious. There's a lot of money on the line and everyone's going after it pretty hard. Yeah, everybody, including you, you've been holding pretty tight here in sixth spot. We've seen Joe Cop, who, uh, I mean, we didn't know he was going to be contending for all these rounds, but he's been showing up for the last few and he's been pulling out. Uh, yeah. you know, number one spot in three of the last four rounds. And also Brad Spencer has pulled a uh, number two in three of the last four. And Andy Debrino, who's been pretty consistently showing up, he's only missed one that I can think of. Yeah, he's only missed one. Mm-hmm. But he he finally dropped down to third. He was in first place for a long time. Uh, and honestly, I thought it would be one of the, you know, hooligan guys that I saw, not an ex-professional <laughs> coming in in the number one spot. So... Uh, how does that make you feel? What do you think is going to be, you know, there's, there's a couple rounds left. What do you think are going to be the, uh, the prospects for the last couple rounds? I think Joe Cop's going to be hard to beat. Hey guys, you've done it again. You've made another mistake at a party. You accidentally asked that overweight guy when his baby was due. You accidentally asked that lady if that beard was real. And she said, what beard? Well, now I'm happy to tell you that all your troubles are solved. Our good friends at RP Enterprises have come out with another stunning invention from their laboratory. At RP Enterprises, they've been working hard on the lobotomizer. The lobotomizer is an adhesive latex scar that you carry around discreetly in your pocket. Say something dumb at a party or a wedding? Just slip away to the bathroom, peel off the adhesive backing, and slip it on your forehead. Walk out, and now who's the jerk? You got a time for a little bit of moto news? I hope you do. Um, there's a, a topic that we, well, that I want to cover soon, and uh, that is electric vehicles. We've had a lot of people talking about electric lately, and a lot of people talking about the cost of electric, the true cost of electric, and the carbon footprint of making an actual electric car, um, or electric vehicle, as it were, from mining the, uh, the components that are required to make the batteries, to the actual production of the metal or, you know, the, the pieces of it and, and everything that goes into making an electric car. Uh, when you look at it that way, if you make them out of the same stuff that normal cars are made out of, then they're not any more, um, I don't know, green than making a regular car, right? And then if you're stripping a whole bunch of stuff out of the environment just to make the batteries and you got to make a lot more batteries, then that's not so great either. But uh, I was just reading on a website called Ars Technica that Bosch, uh, you know, Bosch has been in the electronics game. Ah, Bosch is in a lot of games, actually, but they are, you know, they're famous for some of their components that they uh, do third party with other companies like, you know, BMW um, and a lot of other people that that, uh, are ECU related. But now they're inventing a carbon neutral fuel 
And from what I read, it uses um, carbon dioxide and water, and it makes uh, the the stuff that's in gasoline. Uh, and when you do it on like a, um, I guess when you scale it up, it and if you use renewable uh, electrical resources to um, like power the plants that refine it or that make it and stuff, it turns out to be carbon neutral, and it doesn't emit. Um, carbon dioxide from what I read, from what I understood about it, or well, it produces carbon dioxide, but the carbon dioxide that it produces is actually less than the carbon dioxide that's used to make it. So that's, uh, how they, how they, it's carbon neutral there. And it can actually be used when they, when they mix it together and form these hydrocarbon chains, um, they can make gasoline, diesel, and even something that is a substitute to natural gas. And oxygen is the byproduct um, from all these uh, reactions. So it's pretty interesting. As you know, we've well heard uh, over the past few weeks from from the news and from other podcasts that, <coughs> pardon me, a lot of countries, um, a lot of third world and first world countries, like um, parts of India, which I consider still third world, uh, to parts of Europe, which are like first, second, and third, to the UK, you know, and France, and all these other places that we've been reading about that are that are uh, banning cars over a certain year, banning gasoline engines uh, on certain days, or like wholeheartedly in the city. And uh, so, n- governments have been getting pressure from both sides, probably from uh, lobby groups, fuel lobby groups, but also from environmentalist uh, lobby groups and. Um, you know, basically constituencies and stuff like that, they've really been pressured to, and by the global community, um, as people talk about global warming, more or less, um, I guess, pollution more than, more than global warming. Everybody's got their own opinion about global warming, but there's the global warming, uh, advocates and there's also pollution and, uh, stuff like that. So as they're, they're pressured and as the, the world community is trying to move further toward like a green solution here, Bosch has got this fuel that they're working on that is still a fuel and it is green. It's a green fuel. Um, I don't know. I didn't see any details about what it does to motors. And if you're going to have to have a, um, some sort of an adapted motor, if it'll work on regular motors like ethanol and stuff right now, we all know is like not good, great for especially older motors, bike motors and small motors. Um, I I didn't, I didn't read anything about, uh, whether it'll work with current motors or it will be like a, a future, you know, future designed, specially designed motor, but, uh, it is an alternative to purely electric vehicles. And, um, as the transportation segment is looking to change, uh, you know, not just from a technological standpoint, but also from, uh, an emissions and a green future standpoint and looking at these legacy things, that's one more crazy thing that's coming down the pipe. Maybe we won't, uh, the days of riding a combustion engine won't be over. What I did read is that it's astronomically, um, right now it's astronomically priced. Uh, but as just like electric cars and computers and things like that, when they first came out, you know, as it's mass batch produced and, and uh, it's offset by the amount and, and sales and stuff like that. We will see. And, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be affected by stuff quite as bad as like right now, like, you know, not to go back to Hurricane Harvey, but Hurricane Harvey um, offsetting refinery production and stuff like that and closing down power plants and and uh, doing a whole bunch of damage to other facilities that help uh, do power and gas and stuff like that. And now 
gas prices are going to spike. And, um, you know, when you, when you, when you compare it to stuff like that, it might not be so bad. So, uh, that's one bit of news that I thought was pretty interesting. We will be exploring the, um, electric vehicle future and the electric future of the motorcycle community on another episode. Um, hopefully we'll get into some infrastructure and you know what the future is probably going to look like and i've been revisiting cits and so at some point we will jump back and we'll look at this new world as a whole that we're about to enter into right now i'd like to look ahead to the future of uh, a race series the the hooligan race series just because i had a chance to sit down and yak with uh, mr wiggins about it and he kind of shed some light on one of the situations like the future of the hooligan class and so let's move from the future of motorcycling to the future of a very niche group of motorcyclists and let's talk again with mr wiggins about hooligan racing i asked him what he thought the future of hooligan racing would be after having recently completed the round at santa maria um I, I think one how I feel about it, like I, I voiced my opinion a few times that I was kind of against pros. Um, and honestly, uh, I guess the biggest thing I can say to that is Roland brought him in and now Roland doesn't want the pro to win, but <laughs> you reap what you sow. Like, right. I think they, he did the RSD series last year and it was way more low key because it was kind of the test bed if you will and then this year was the first serious year and yeah we've got people like um you know sammy halbert racing benny carlson uh joe cop brad spencer is a name that i haven't heard a whole bunch but even he's up in second spot now Mm -hmm. he's got he's been pretty consistent with um four out of the six races that he's hit um yeah as number two so I don't know. I mean, is he, are these guys that are taking money away from the local guys or these guys that are not hooligans? You know what I mean? Are these, are these guys that are coming out of retirement or coming out of a racing career that are kind of uh, stealing the bacon on the hooligan class? Yeah, a lot of them are, especially Joe Cop, Sammy Halbert. Um, Spencer's, Spencer's like an interesting one. Um, I, it was funny. Like I talked to him personally about him this weekend. Like a lot of guys bring him up and a reason a lot of the guys don't like him out there is he's an old man that's coming and kicking their butt. And it's really that simple. But Brad was a pro about 30 years ago for a couple of years. His brother was always better. His brother was always a lot faster. Um, so he never really made it as a pro. So he kind of gave up his pro card he has never, like, he never quit racing. He never quit riding. Even to this day, he said he rides three or four days a week. Like, he's semi-retired. And he's out there just kicking our butt. And But I, I do, I honestly think, like, he's a hooligan. Like, he's he's the definition of it. You know, he's he wanted it because he saw that it looked like more fun. And when he started, there was no series. There was no FTR. Um, he's just out there kicking everyone's butt. But I think guys like Joe Kopp, they just want to come in, take the money. It's easy pickings, you know, and it's, it's kind of a shame, you know, and in a way it's tarnishing his name right now too. Like Joe's getting a lot of bad rap and everyone that knows him says he's a nice guy, but all the super hooligans, like, I guess kind of dislike him right now because of it. So it's, yeah, it's a shame, but it, it is what it is. I mean, you, you know, this series was built on, a bunch of like idiots taking their sportsers out racing. Um, so, you know, like the hooligans, the money's there because of what the hooligans built. And then this guy's going to try and come in swoop in and take the money and take the bike and run. 
and expect everyone to be super okay with it. And no one is. Yeah. It's Joe Montana uh, showing up at your Thanksgiving barbecue. It's Ronaldinho showing up at the Saturday pickup soccer game. It's a pro showing up doing, uh, you know, neighborhood stuff, basically. And it sounds like Brad Spencer, on one hand, is like a pro that kind of gave up the pro life. But Joe Kopp, he's he's not only, uh, I mean, he's not only recently retired he he teaches a lot he debuted the indian last year and you brought him up multiple times and it just sounds like it's just uh because he keeps showing up race after race after race um and not that it's not giving the hooligans a chance because everybody has a chance on a hooligan bike but it's somebody that has a lot of experience on and off different types of bikes coming in and battling guys that are just there on the weekends yeah, weekend warriors battling it out, trying to get a buck or two. Um, what do you think that's doing for the hooligan series? Uh, to me, I think it's scaring away people. It's scaring away entry-level new riders, which is really what the hooligans need to survive. Like it's it's a new thing, it's a new craze, and if we want it to be more than a craze, like we need numbers of riders. You know, we need to be able to drive to Arizona and have. 10 guys or more at a race that we can go race with or Nevada or Texas or Tennessee or whatever. And we need to be able to go about anywhere in the country that there's a, a dirt track base and have a solid hooligan class, um, of 10 or 15 guys. And it's, to me, it's scaring away those guys. Like those guys are like, well, you know, I thought butcher was fast. I thought this guy was fast. That guy was fast, but well, I don't want to race Joe Kopp. Like, I don't want to race former Grand National Champions. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to buy my hat and wallet from a dude and then go meet him at the track. But I don't want to have to throw down, you know, yeah. six grand to get my bike into race condition and then go race Joe freaking Kopp or Sammy Halbert, who's going to yeah. put me in the dirt. I'd rather race with a Chris Wiggins, a Mike Virus, uh, you know, Mark Atkins, somebody that is in the scene because it's what we do when we're not doing our nine to five stuff like that, where, you know, racing is your nine to five, then it is, you're not really a hooligan. You're just a, a racer on a different, a different class basically. And there's a couple of rounds left and I can see with the, uh, basically with, with what's coming up as Costa Mesa Speedway and American flat track at Paris supplementing the, the, uh, the AFT round, uh, basically, the publicity is there. The pro draw is going to be bigger to race hooligans. And so I can't, personally, I don't see the hooligan class turning back hooligan for the last couple of rounds. Uh, I don't. I will say uh, Costa Mesa, I'm sure Joe Cobb will come down. Um, he's not going to know what to do when he has to when he's not allowed to pull his toy hauler into the pits, though. But Joe Cobb will definitely be down because obviously he wants to win this bike. I'm sure Debrino will be down. I know Spencer will. Um, but Costa Mesa is kind of where it all started and Costa Mesa is such a tight little bull ring that it's a game changer. You don't know what's going to happen, but, um, so that one will be interesting. The October 7th with the AFT, AFT race, we're racing in conjunction. We're kind of the halftime show. And honestly, for that one, I tried to throw a ringer in the mix. I offered up my trusty rusty to, uh, Jeffrey Carver, but, um, being that it's a grand national night. I'm not sure he's going to take me up on my offer. Yeah. He's He's got a race he's focused on. Yeah, listen, it's finals. Indian already clinched the manufacturer title. He's on a Kawasaki. 
He's not going to get the manufacturer's title. I guess he could get a few points. I mean, I don't see anything for him to lose, to be honestly. Uh, the hooligan class is actually a lot closer. I noticed that Roland Sands was following the the AFT National Series with first place getting 25, second 20, third 17, and then 14, 13, 12 from there on down. So the Andy Debrino and Brad Spencer still have a chance. It's not like mm-hmm. Joe Cop has this thing in the bag, but... Like you're saying, when you have a, a former pro who's out looking for a fifty thousand dollar bike, no matter we don't know what he's going to do with it. We don't know, you know, it's it's purely speculation at this point. But whether he sells it, races it, uses it for marketing, uses the the super hooligan um, series as marketing for his uh, classes that he teaches and stuff like that, we have zero ideas. But he can only benefit from winning, and so I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, the draw of Super Hooligan is that it's always been a non-pro class. I agree with the Butchers, uh, keep Hooligan Hooligan and uh, and no pros. But with only two rounds left, if Joe Cop shows up to one of them, I mean, even if he gets seconds, I think he's he's close enough to have this title clinch. I mean, is not he doesn't have it in the bag. One of these guys could pull out it, if, with the with the points, but he's got it pretty. He's pretty close. If Spencer beats him two out of the three rounds. He's got it because it's a five-point difference from first to second, 25 to 20. Right. And Spencer's only four points down. So it'll be a tight race, and Debrino's only seven points down, right? Uh, yeah, he's he's not far. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah seven points. And so what's after the, the finals? Uh, Bolsa Chica State Beach. Oh, okay, okay. And that – so Costa Mesa is kind of anyone's game. It's a little tight bull ring. I do really well there. Um, and fast J, one of my speed merchant, uh, buddies does really well there. Um, we've ridden more laps on that track on hooligan bikes than anyone. Um, Spencer does really, really well there. Joe cop. I, I have no doubt is going to do well. Um, and Debrino, I'm sure those two will be contenders, but it's just such a small track that it's, you never know yeah. what's going to go on. Debrino has um, been up, you know, top two, three, four, as we see here, mm-hmm. pulled an eighth. Joe Cop's worst is a fourth. He's pulling a Brad, uh, uh, a Jared Meese right now, where he's, yeah. you know, Jared Meese's worst is, worst is a fourth, and he's got it clinched so far. So, I mean, Joe Cop's going to have to do fourth or worse at uh, Costa Mesa in order for one of these guys to kind of step up there and get and, and move yeah. in. Not that there's not a chance, though. So it is kind of exciting. I mean, the, the Hooligan series being more exciting than the the national series Mm -hmm. is no surprise to me but yeah i mean all the speculation all the drama everything that goes along with it and and now having talked to you and knowing about the insider information i mean i'm my eyes are just going to be on this aft who who gives a rat this is like the dudes i know this is like your bros you know going going at it in the back plus it's such a tight like the top three guys are within seven points right now yeah and then you got Jordan Graham kind of in the middle with 82, and then Baber and myself are within four points. Yeah. And then Jimmy Hill's just uh, seven points behind me. So yeah. it's like. He's 50 points out of the lead, but two, I mean, you know, if there's. He could still pick up and left. be in fourth place. Or, right. You know. I mean, it, that's the thing is that there's so much room for movement here. You've been consistently six. I don't think you've moved from six, actually, since I've been watching the series. You were tied for fifth at some point. Yeah. The, 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 the points scrambled around. You're doing pretty good. Uh, what do you think at um, – how are you going to do uh, if if all goes well at Costa Mesa? Is that your track? Uh, it's definitely one of them. The start's definitely important at Costa Mesa. It's just a small little tight bull ring. But um, 
you know, I definitely at Costa Mesa, I see myself in the main event scoring some points. Um, with the guys on the list, I'd say fourth or fifth, pretty solid. Um, you know, you never know it's racing, but, um, that would be my money would be fourth or fifth. Um, fast J and myself, you know, it's going to be Debrino, Spencer and cop are going to be hard to beat. Um, especially I think Spencer at Costa Mesa, uh, and, you know, I've never seen – I don't know if cops had that big a bike on that little track too often. I know Hippie Killer was about that size, and he did really well. He went out and won it. So, But Costa Mesa is not only a little track, it's a good track, and Hippie Killer wasn't. It was super slick, kind of sketchy, um, so it was kind of hard. But And Joe Cobb's got a lot of guys gunning for him right now. You know, he's got guys ready to push him wide to let Spencer win it. Like, that's kind of the – that's what this series has kind of turned into, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Right. Uh, one thing I, w- I do want to note is that LA in general, from Los Angeles down to San Diego, unless you're in the Indl- Inland Empire and you're going to be melting at like 115 degrees, it's still going to be upper 90s, upper 100s all the way down the coast because of Hurricane Harvey. Joe Cop is a Pacific Northwest dude. I don't think he's going to do good in the heat. Plus, I'm going to feed him a hot dog full of laxative. <laughs> I really, you know, this is before Costa Mesa round. It's September 9th. It's only, you know, it's not that far away. The heat's not going to dissipate that quickly. Plus the hot dog laxative that I send him. And uh, I might put a banana peel under his uh, trailer and see if he <laughs> slips on it. There's a couple of things I'm, I plan on doing to Joe Cop. I don't think, you know, Costa Mesa is his going to be his race. Paris, I'm not 100% sure. That's a little bit bigger track. He's got a little bit more confidence on these bigger tracks. Um, and he's, he's got a trick up his sleeve. He's got a trick up his sleeve. Little does he know, I have a couple tricks uh, named Steve that I'm going to stick on him. But my point being is that it is anyone's race at this yeah. point. I've, I've got a couple uh, couple things I'm going to try and pull on him. We'll, we'll see if it, it works or not. Oh boy. Disclaimer. Somebody was a few pops in last night when they're talking shit about Joe Cup. Uh, Joe, please do not sue me for uh, libel, slander, or defamation. Uh, I was highly under the influence of alcohol, and uh, I am in fact not going to be waiting at Costa Mesa Speedway with a banana, uh, with two tricks named Steve, uh, or any of that other stuff that I said. I may have been uh, slightly under the influence of alcohol substance and uh, just totally talking smack. Anything we said was purely for satirical purposes, and we in no way intend to harm any of the hooligan racers, which, by the way, when you're flying around the track on a 600 pound bike uh you're enough harm to yourself you don't need any maniac coming in there and trying to do anything so this was purely purely satirical and uh everybody on a hooligan bike is fair game let's just put it that way let's get back let's get the disclaimer over yeah disclaimer over let's get back to the conversation the thing for me is that the aft um you know everybody's paying attention to the aft the locals, the local races, the regional races, the super hooligan from Roland, these things are what really has me like paying attention just because they are so much closer than AFT and these are what got AFT on its feet currently. So mm-hmm. I'm we've said it before, every time Chris is on the show, we always talk about how hooligan, super hooligan, and uh, you know, Ivy League and all these guys have promoted uh flat track in general. 
And guys, keep your eyes peeled. This is going to be a, a barn burner, and this is going to be some exciting race action coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Most of it here in California. All three of them are actually going to be local to us here in Southern California, right. the three final rounds. If you're in SoCal and you don't make it, you're total dumb-dumb. Um, that's neither here nor there. Especially the October 7th at Paris Half Mile. Like, Why not catch the hooligans and the AFT pros on a half mile race? Right. Uh, I don't know if my family knows it, but I've already purchased tickets. We're all going. And, uh, you know, ubiquitous amounts of, you know, total crazy. I mean, I just love exposing the, the young kids to riding. And when they see this sort of stuff, they just go apes for it. And they're maybe not even into motorcycles, but once you see this stuff, you will be into motorcycles. And you're catching the AFT singles. Um, unfortunately, you know, Pomona quit hosting it and they went up to Santa Rosa last year. It's totally dangerous. So they're coming down this year to Paris, which is, you know, Paris hosts sprint cars. This mm-hmm. is at the Paris, this isn't at the little, uh, raceway. This is at the speedway. So I yeah. mean, they host sprint this cars. Is a sprint car track. This is a, this is a world-class track, right? So the, the action is going to be really awesome. Um, I do want to mention between the September 9th Costa Mesa hooligan night and the October 7th, uh, GNC National and Hooligan Shootout. There's going to be an event, another event happening up at Santa Maria Race, Raceway. That's going to be Chris Wiggins Hooligan Shootout. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that while we're while I got you here in the studio? I, in living sure. <laughs> we actually have Super Hooligan on the 9th. Oh, I know that's what that one. Okay, so the September 23rd. Uh, I'm excited because it's not a super hooligan round. Nothing against the super hooligan rounds in this case, but I'm going to do three classes. Um, we're going to do a WFO for the fast guys and a half throttle for the amateur guys on hooligan bikes. And then um, I hear the excuse a lot like, oh, I don't have a 19-inch rear wheel or my bike needs this or my bike needs that. So we're doing a class called Hooligan Street, and it's super simple. You just have to run DOT tires. So if you've got a 16 or a 19, that's assuming most of you have Sportsters because Sportsters are cheap and easy, and that's like kind of what hooligan racing was founded on, mostly for that reason. Yeah. But maybe you got a heritage with two 16s. It don't matter. Yeah, come on, race it. Come race your heritage. We don't care as long as you have DOT tires. You can race in that class. So, um, but I'm, I'm super excited about it because it it brings back the like the idea of ride to the track, race and ride home. You know, we're not gonna hate on you if you put your bike in your truck, but. Uh, the street tires are going to be good. It'll lower the cost for a lot of guys. It'll save them a lot of work. And it'll make the racing close and fun because everyone's going to be on slick street tires. So, yeah, it, it should be super fun. And the uh, the guys from Born Free are going to come up with some of their buddies and do a hooligan hand shift class for me. So that's always always fun to watch those bikes that are almost 100 years old out there just going for it in the dirt, you know, with their foot clutches and it's just fun to watch, but it'll be good. There should be some good tight racing with the WFO class. Um, actually, even the half throttle class should be pretty tight racing. It should be good. And those guys are, you know, they're a little bit nicer than the fast guys, but not much. They're just not as fast, but they will push you out of the way like anyone else. So it's super fun to watch the different skill levels, how they all kind of ride different. Um, and the street bike class, those guys are usually all over the track trying to keep that big bike underneath of them. So yeah, should be super fun to watch and participate in. Man, it, the whole point of hooligan racing is like have guys come out racing. So if you check out my SoCal underscore hooligans on Instagram, you can, the first 50 riders, and I have 30 spots left, get $10 race entry. Dude. So 
send me a message or comment on one of the last posts that talks about it and I will put you down and uh, you got a $10 race entry if you show up. You can't beat it. If you're in some, well, if you're in a part of the country that's going to be extremely rainy at this time of year, tornado, I mean, we're talking about almost all the Midwest. Right now, the, the Northeast is like even under some crazy storm conditions. Of course, we know the South is. And unfortunately, uh, if you come to California, get away from all that. You know, just take some vacation time, take some of your savings, your hard-earned <laughs> savings, come rent a bike and race. I mean, you it doesn't get easier than that, you know what I mean? And the fact that you're saying like race tire, uh, you know, race tires not needed. Drive your bike to the track, race and ride home. It's that simple. I've done it in a smaller class, but I mean, you can do it. And the Harley guys, of course, you guys expect respect each other. Um that sounds like a lot of fun and it doesn't have to be the the wheels and waves you know the wheels and waves thing happened this weekend i feel like that wheels and waves starting over i believe it's in spain spain or france i can't remember but um you know it's like hipster bikes hipster builders people in the international motorcycle scene and that's kind of what i feel like was at it was like the superstars of hooliganism at this week's event at your event Dude, it's totally laid back. Come out, come race, uh, enjoy a dog or two. Yeah. Um, and this is your chance to go to Santa Maria. It's in the middle of California. Uh, SoCal and NorCal and Central Cal are totally invited. There's 30 spots left, you say? Yeah, 30 spots for a $10 entry. Dude. Worst case scenario, you show up and it's full race price. But uh, Man. Which is what we're all used to paying anyway. Yeah. Listen. Ten bucks. Come race your Heritage Softail Classic. Who cares? And there should be plenty of prizes. Um, I got to get some shit together, but we're trying to have some Motul giveaways. The local Harley dealer is going to give some stuff away. Um, I got to double check with SNS, but they were going to give some stuff away. Speed Merchant will give some stuff away. Saddleman's going to give away a tracker bolt-on kit, um, and maybe some more stuff too. Like it's just uh, trying to get everyone together. But and honestly. The prizes are not going to like the top five fastest guys in WFO. Like, I can call SNS and get a free hooligan kit for my bike anytime. I'm not gonna give that to those fast guys. It they don't need it. So, yeah. And there's four classes. You know what I mean? There's four opportunities for you to come out and yeah. race your bike against other people that are gonna be showing up. There's 30 spots left, dude. Uh, Ten dollars. I mean, I can't think. You, you pay $10 to race, you come and camp, you have a good time. Um, I mean, what else is that? That's like what motorcycling is all about. And you don't have to be part of the international builders. You don't have to be Roland Sands to come do this. You can be Joe Schmo from Pacoima. Yeah. I may even enter as Joe Schmo from Pacoima. <laughs> so if you see Joe Schmo from Pacoima, it's taken, that's me. Uh, but yeah, I, I did want to mention that. Um, now we're, we, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Chris's brain later this year. We're not going to get too far into it because it's almost the end of the year. It's almost the time of the year that people are going to be storing their bikes in other parts of the country. It's almost that time for people to start thinking about project bikes. Uh, when it starts to rain, heck we get five days of rain here in SoCal, yeah, right. but other parts of the country get a little bit more and people 
start to tear their bikes down right around this time, store them. If they got that project bike they're working on, this tends to be the time of the year that they start to work on them. So I'm gonna get with Chris later. We're gonna talk about how to build a hooligan bike. Why do you need 19 inch tires? There's a reason behind it. Why do you want certain steering geometry? There's a reason behind it. We'll get to that later. Um, you don't need your five gallon tank to race You know, five laps, 10 laps, 15 laps. So we'll get into all the specifics of building a hooligan bike um, at some point. The thing is, is that right now, all you need to know is that up until the end of this year, just ride your bike to the track and race it, no matter what you got, whether you got a Dyna, a Softail, a Sporty, even a Bagger. I've seen tons of Baggers rolling. Sands had a big old Indian Chieftain or something out there at Wheels and Waves this weekend. Uh, it's totally possible. Um, something I want to talk to Chris about here, where to practice, where to ride, um, you need to ride, be able to ride dirt. Is there a clandestine hooliganism that exists in your city? Chances are, Chris and I live kind of sort of close to L.A. There's not a hell of a lot of dirt roads in L.A., as you may well know, as anyone can assume. Probably not in San Francisco, probably not in big city centers. I'm guessing like, you know, New Orleans, um, a lot of places in, in like Atlanta, uh, Miami, Florida. There's probably not a lot of dirt. But... You can find stuff. You know, I've, I've recently used Google Maps. Chris, I want to tell you, I recently looked at a place nearby us. If you, we go up um, right here off of Foothill Boulevard and head east on Elkins Road, I noticed that it opens up into some dirt. And there's some railroad tracks over there. There's a oh. wash over there. There's a construction site. And then there's some truck trails and fire trails. Most of those are blocked off in L.A. County because, heaven forbid, people have fun on fire roads. But right. in, in California, a lot of taxpayer money goes to maintaining the fire roads and having them accessible by, by a fire truck to go uh, put out the fucking forest fires when it gets up to a thousand degrees here okay that's just how it is and we're not allowed to use them which sucks but there's also uh, fortunately where we live a lot of fire trails that are are accessible and not quite closed off um, people still live on them there's horse ranches there's stuff like that there's all sorts of cool construction happening where people want to pay eighty thousand dollars for a driveway to their 45 million dollar home and it's not paved yet so we can go hooligan up that shit so in your town, I'm sure if you live in Ohio, if you live in Texas, if you live, you know, in all these places, especially in central California, there's a lot of dirt roads and stuff still. So uh, something I wanted to bring up with Chris, where do you go spin laps if you need some practice uh, when, when you need to get your, your seat time in to, to race? Uh, if you're local to SoCal, Paris Raceway or Paris Flat Track, the small quarter mile off Burton Road. They do a practice like once a month, and as long as your bike's less than, I think, 105 decibels, as long as it's not obnoxiously loud, you can go out and practice. Um, another nice one, because it's open like every Thursday through Monday or Wednesday through Monday, is uh, Milestone MX Park um, in Riverside, and they've got a little flat track right there. Um, if you're anywhere else, how we started and what I tell people is get online, look at VHT vintage or VFT vintage flat track. Um, try and find a local flat track club, a local flat track track that races normal flat track. Call them up, tell them, Hey, I got a hooligan bike. I want to come out and practice. Like I'm just getting started. Go to practice, show up, show them what you got. Um, the great thing about flat track, there's not a lot of tech on your bike. As long as you don't have any sharp pointy metal items anywhere, you're good. 
and usually just throw some duct tape over those. Um, but just, you know, be polite to them. Tell them you want to come out and ride. And honestly, a lot of them will let you. Like, a lot of tracks all over the country right now, they see they see the hooligan riders because they see the RSD series. They see, you know, us in SoCal being all over the place. Um, you know, they know what's happening. They know what's going on. They just don't have any riders showing up. So if you've got yourself and hopefully a couple buddies just call them up and go practice. And again, like that goes back to my hooligan street class. Like you don't need to put 19. If you and your buddies all have DOT tires, you're going to have a competitive class. As soon as one guy puts 19s on, everyone has to put 19s on. So sometimes it's better to all run street tires or all kind of keep like a, a rule within your group, you know, say, I don't know, a lot of sportsters are 19 front, so everyone puts dirt track front tires on, but then they run a, sh- a street tire on the rear type deal. Um, as long as you guys all keep them the same, you will have a competitive class. It won't be, you know, you're not throwing money at everything to try and beat everyone. Right. Hell, even Michelle Mankiewicz from the WIR Top 10 Bikes List, I joked with her when we interviewed last year, and she said, yeah, I'd slide my Hayabusa. Slide that bitch around was, <laughs> I think, what she, her, her words, her, her direct comment. And so, it, like Chris is saying, it doesn't matter. Do you have a Hayabusa? You have uh, a Ducati Hypermotard? You have a freaking CL350 from 1970. It doesn't make shit ton of difference you go, you get a bunch of buddies together with like-minded uh ideas and goals you go out there you practice and you hit up your local hooligan events you can hell on wheels out here in california we're very fortunate to have a bunch of vintage groups that puts on vintage classes but you could be that group in your home state and we all know that in the midwest and in in the northwest flat track is like you know secondary to motocross almost i mean it's just like a way of life out there and so there's always something you could start and and take your drag race bikes make your own class like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't take much right um out here in in california we're lucky enough to have off-highway vehicle areas such as Hungry Valley, El Mirage, Johnson Valley, um, Glamis, hell, even right up on, on Azusa, there's that Azusa off-highway camp. I mean, you can, it's mostly, you can't, can't do a lot of flat track, but you can get some dirt experience there. And in other parts of the country, BLM land, you go on it, like in Arizona, you ride out and you can ride, as long as you're X amount of feet off the highway, you can do whatever you want. And so go practice, go do this stuff, and we'll talk later about building a hooligan bike. We'll talk later about the traveling series that happens. Um, thank you to Roland Sands and Ivy League and stuff like that. It's growing. But, um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be something that's sponsored at a raceway. It can be clandestine. It can be what you want it to be, be, be the change you want to see. And then maybe you'll meet people like Chris. you meet people like Rusty Butcher, Noise Cycles, all these guys from SoCal that have been traveling all over uh, like crazy this year. And maybe you'll also run into J.J. Flaherty, the dudes from, uh, you know, Big Scott from Riders on the Norm. All these guys, we, we all love the racing stuff. We all love motorcycles. And so basically it's like one big family that revolves around one theme. That's two wheels. But it could also be racing two wheels, which is like the raddest thing ever. So that's my uh, my I, what I wanted to blab about this week about uh, about that. We fucking forty minutes into this. I, know, right? I, think, I think we pounded this into after your an hour and a half podcast. After an hour and a half, loud of pipes. fucking loud pipes. You know, um, I to give you guys an idea, like 
you really kind of need three bikes to have a class at most flat tracks. So if you've got two other buddies with a similar bike, um, go out and see what you can get started. Some of the most fun that I had, I had two buddies back home. There were three of us. We all got Honda XR50s, but our rule was like you couldn't do anything to the motor. So they were all super evenly matched and we had so much fun racing one another around the woods by my by our houses because no one's bike was faster than the other one like and that's kind of the gimmick between hooligan racing is the bikes are all so heavy that you a big motor is not going to make you go faster with an xr50 you can do anything and they're faster (laughs) right but it's just kind of the like general idea and you know you guys got to think like this hooligan stuff is huge right now and it was literally three years ago when there was like three or four of us. Right. So, right. you know, if you build it, if you start, it'll, they will come. And if you get on my SoCal Hooligan, like if you have an actual Hooligan bike or whatever, and you're kind of starting, get on my SoCal Hooligans, look for some other riders or hit me up. Um, I might know some, you know, there's some guys in like Virginia. There's a couple guys on the West side of Canada, like guys in Colorado, North Dakota, Texas. Like there are guys, I think like Eastern Tennessee, like, there are guys out there. It's just kind of getting linked up and finding them, you know, if if you want to like join what someone else is doing or you just start your own. It's worldwide, man. It is. It literally like look at the UK and the hooligan class in the UK right now is huge. Yeah. They do uh, uh Sweden's coming online right now. Like there's a whole bunch of places that used to be like super motard in like France and stuff like that where the 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 passion and the sportsmanship was all what it was all about. And now they're like, fuck that, let's let's go crazy, let's do some hooligan shit. Mm-hmm. Spain, France, Portugal, stuff like that. Did I say Portugal? Dude, it's Portugal. Uh check out Sportugal. You know what? They're really good at sports. They're like they're like Portugal, but better at sports. Oh, oh way better. And Sporaco, like dude, you don't want to mess with them. But anyway, I think you get our point. Uh so yeah, Chris, check him out at wig zero nine zero spelled out uh, on Instagram, and also SoCal underscore hooligans. Uh, check me out at uh, dickhead.com. <laughs> I'm gonna edit this part out, but um, no, I really do. I'm serious about this though. Check it out. So go spectate. It's family events. Um, also check out November third and fourth in SoCal. The Twisted Throttles event's going to be going on. Um, the AFT fly. All the hey, SoCal is where it's at. It is, especially this time of year, man. It's cold and rainy everywhere else. Yeah. It's like 43,000 degrees here, but uh, you can look past I can, that. Right? I can put up with heat. <laughs> right. I like everyone's favorite thing is like, but I like the seasons. And I like seasons too. That's why I live in a place that skips all the shitty ones. Right. I live in flat track season, baby. Right. <laughs> I live in motorcycle season right. all year round. Right. So check back with us. And uh, we'll, like I said, we'll have some more stuff coming up later this year and um, throughout throughout the winter don't forget spooky spokes coming up chris do you have any crazy ghost stories or anything spooky that's happened to you i don't i had like a near-death experience i don't know if that counts or not kind of and then the it was it's actually really sad because the kid next to me died but okay we'll say i don't know how uh spooky or what we'll save that for spooky spokes okay listen chris might be hanging out with me uh a couple times for the for the rest of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to go to the Cobb Estate with me. We're gonna walk around there in loincloths with spears and uh, divining rods and see if we can get some ghosts to attach to us. Uh, we're gonna wrestle a bear later this year. 
I might edit this out, but I might not. We got lots of plans. <laughs> so no, I guess what I'm saying. I've heard your show. You'll leave it in. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it in. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of crazy stuff coming up. If you have a crazy episode, I've already had like 15 people contact me regarding Spooky Spokes. Listen, don't contact me. Email it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. We'll stick it in the show. That's how the Spooky Spokes episode works. Um, we may hear Chris's near-death experience. Um, I might have my own. Um, I might go try to kill myself tonight. <laughs> I'll be on the next episode. But anyways, yeah, so check that out. Spooky Spokes coming up. Spooky Spokes. Hey, so like I said, Spooky Spokes is coming up. Please uh, send in your spooky stories. How much fun was that hanging out with Mr. Wiggins? Um, C-Dubs will be hanging out with us probably next week, hopefully for the remainder of the year. It'll be sort of a, a co-hosting long audition if you will uh so spooky spokes um anything spooky hauntings scary ghost stories from your motorcycle trips uh bad rides you've had through places that were haunted spooky scary gave you an eerie feeling last year oh my god chris uh singsime sending us some crazy stuff from the woods in waukesha from a place called Holy Hill, of all places, you see this crazy gothic-looking church up on this crazy wooded forest-style hill, and that he got stuck in there, and he, he just felt eerie and spooky. It was the middle of the night. It was creepy. Um, other times, driving through the woods there, he said he felt like stuff is watching him, and then a county worker was picking up moose carcasses or something from the road and the next thing you know some big hairy thing is in the back of his truck and he just froze in fear until it was done doing its thing and then he didn't even look back he just drove off with the mutilated moose in the back going holy cow whatever was big enough to jump in and eat a moose can go ahead and eat a moose um i had my own scary ride last year um so maybe we can get uh Chris Wiggins to go with us on a ride to the haunted Cobb estate here in um, Pasadena, I guess where that is. So yeah, send your spooky stories uh, to creative writing podcast at gmail.com. You can record them in voice message form and, and hit send on your smartphone send it as an email attachment it'll send it to us um you can write it in and have me read it you can write it in and i'll have my uh second grader read it if you want um i can have a scary witch read it <laughs> i'll find a witch and have them read it but uh yeah anything that revolves uh spooky stories that we can we can play for our our halloween episode speaking of halloween episodes let's get there let's get to halloween uh this weekend um, Irwindale. If you're in the Irwindale area, uh, whether you're in um, Riverside, um, Pasadena, Monrovia, Azusa Duarte, uh, anything out a little bit east as far as like Corona and stuff like that, whether you're a little bit south in Montebello, Whittier, all that great stuff, um, or even if you're west, Malibu, a little too far for you to drive, but Irwindale's having a night of destruction uh, to Saturday night, the 2nd of September. That is going to be awesome. Trailer, <clears throat> awesome. Only how, It sounds like the audio is cutting out, but that's just my voice. Uh, they're going to have trailer racing, which is where you have these stock cars with big old trailers on the back of them going around the track at like 80 miles an hour, smashing into each other. They have figure eight racing 
They have Enduros, which is where you take a really crummy junked car from the junkyard next door and you race it for like 25 laps. And whoever comes in first comes in first. It's half demolition derby, half uh, endurance race. Um, They have skid plate racing where you take those same cars from the Enduro and you put the e-brake on, weld some metal plates to the back wheels because they're front wheel drive. And then you go out and you hit the banked oval and you try not to spin out. And that's a lot of fun to watch. And man, Destruction Derby. (sighs) God, I had to open my mouth all the way wide like a yawn to keep my brain from exploding from everything that's... uh, going through it right now thinking about Irwindale tomorrow night uh also tomorrow night fans choice uh pay attention go to fans choice or americanflattrack.com and they're going to be returning to the illinois state fairgrounds for springfield mile two saturday night is going to be the uh tt and sunday night is going to be the mile and let's see what happens let's see if people can uh get a little closer to the indians see if someone else can get on the podium All right, I'm not going to lie. At this point, I'm getting a little sleepy. All right. It's time for my Friday nap. If you're already here in this podcast and you're in Germany, it's a little too late, but the Sultans of Sprint round four happening in uh, Leonberg, Germany going on. Uh, That's the Glemsec Sultans of Sprint deal. At uh, Lucky Wheels Garage down there on Mission Street down in L.A. proper, they're going to be unveiling a bike for the uh, Vintage Vintage Motorcycle Rally uh, 10. And so they're doing an unveiling over there tomorrow night on September 2nd from, I think, 8 p.m. to late is what their flyer said. If you'll be in the Lake Elsinore area, the Southern California Off-Road Show and Swap Meet is happening out there. Again, that's one of these areas that's going to be affected by heat this weekend. We, we are supposedly having a uh, tropical storm rolling in from Mexico providing some uh, cool air or something like that. But we're talking about it's going to cool down to like 94 uh, from like 104 so. Um, it's still going to be warm out there. Bring water and sunscreen, but check that out. That's going to be at the Lake Elsinore Storm Stadium. Um, the next weekend, September 8th and 9th, um, Transworld Motocross uh, Slam Fest is going to be going on. That's going to be uh, Milestone uh, MX Park. To coincide with that, Hell on Wheels is throwing some flat track races at uh, Milestone there at the uh, the little flat track there that's that's uh, also adjacent to the to the uh, motocross track. Uh, Roland Sands Super Hooligan uh, National Championship Series on September 9th is hitting the Costa Mesa Speedway. So uh, I think Chris Wiggins is going to be down there doing his thing, trying to win a round, trying to beat Joe Cop up. I will not be there. Joe Copy will be safe, uh, as I was just kidding earlier anyway. Uh, But go, yeah, go check that out. That ought to be be a lot of fun. Uh, September 10th, we're going to be having the Cal VMX 100% series. That's 100% like the the goggles, I think, the uh, goggle manufacturer. That's going to be happening at Paris uh, Motocross Track. Uh, September 16th, uh, I mentioned that Lucky Wheels is having the vintage Venice Vintage uh, Motorcycle Club Rally, uh, what did what I say? They're having a bike unveiling this weekend, but the actual rally is going to be September 16th, uh, 2150 Dell Avenue in Venice. Um, also happening September 16th 
is the LA Mods versus Rockers 2017 meetup up in ye old Angeles Crest Forest. If it's not on stinking fire right now, uh, Tahunga's on fire, and if it spreads over to Angeles Crest, who knows what's going to happen? It jumped the 210 already, so it's moving uh, into that area. So we'll see. It's a couple weeks away. Um, it has time to spread, so we'll see. I'll keep you posted on that on our next show. Um, the September 23rd, of course, we pumped it 18 hours earlier. Check, check, check. Okay, a little audio hiccup there. Uh, we pumped it uh, 18 hours. Don't hiccup again. Okay, good. It's the uh, Santa Maria, the the uh, hooligan shootout at Santa Maria Raceway put on by Chris Wiggins and a few other people that he mentioned there. Uh, that'll be a flat track class with uh, or a flat track race with four different classes, camping, uh, spectating, and by September 23rd, it should be cooling down uh, somewhat. And actually, it'll probably be a little bit cooler up there. That's like Central Coast area. Um, also, on the 23rd, we have the classic flat track day at Willow Springs put on by Ramming Speed. So if you can't make it up to Central Cal to see some cool stuff and camp out, uh, there's always Willow Springs. They have a flat track, and you can camp out there. September 29th, uh, Overland Expo East at the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. Of course, Overland Expo is one of those things for motorcyclists, off-roaders, like it's great. Anybody that loves the overland and adventure lifestyle, uh, they're having an East uh, meetup. Uh, on October, ooh, I want to say the first, I need to get back over here to this page. October, yeah, first, we're going to have the Los Angeles Grand Tour. Now, do you remember me talking last year about the TT, the taco tour? Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a Tour de Taco, there was a donut tour, and I believe there was a, a pizza tour. And so to commemorate that, this year there's going to be the L.A. Grand Tour. And the Grand Tour, just like the TT and the donut uh, and pizza one, it is basically the premier original small displacement tour of Los Angeles. And, uh, the, yeah, they had the uh, the pie ride. That's what it was. The donut detour, the pie ride, and the taco tour. And so, basically, it's 125 and lower bikes. Um, it's going to be kind of an all-day thing. They're going to go around, and they're going to do a tasting from each one, each round of the uh, preliminary rides uh, in this grand tour. So they're going to hit all the places. I really am going to want to try to go to that, actually, um, just because that is going to be pretty awesome. Also, on October 1st, we have a, a sale going on. You want to hear about this cool sale? Sure you do. It's California Moto Market. 2.0 it's going to be at ducati of newport beach and it's uh, back and bigger than ever it says they just finalized their vendor list and they're so excited to have 28 brands represented at the october 1st california moto market so they're going to have at wild bh and br biker gear club cardo scala rider carpies cafe racers dinese fable riders GRBC made, GG Montrose, 
Health J. Rose, Hinterland Empire, Jackalope Trade Shop, Mouse Taos, Modern Moto Magazine, Moto Chic Gear, Motorcyclist Magazine, OC Motorcycle, Rebel Soul Collective, Renegade Products USA, Roland Sands Design, Showy, Speaky Original, Support Badass Babes, Stellar Moto Brand, Wasted Times, Wind and Throttle, Wild Ones Ride. The only ones they don't have there is Tobacco, Motoco, and Ugly Bros USA. So anyway, go down there, uh, check that out. They're going to have a bunch of vendors. It's just going to be like a craft market for not crafts. It's going to be for Moto Brands. So go check that out. That ought to be pretty fun. Um, once again, that is down in uh, at Ducati of Orange County, I believe. I'm sorry, Ducati of uh, Newport Beach in Costa Mesa. You can go to Ducati of Orange County, but there won't be anything there but Ducatis. Uh, And then October 7th, the American Flat Track Finals presented by Indian Motorcycle at Paris Auto Speedway. Uh, We all know what that's going to be about, dude. That's going to be about ripping, ripping it. That is going to be so much fun. And and as Chris mentioned, the hooligans are going to be there supporting the Pro Series. So that's going to be so much stinking fun. And the fact that it is a legendary dirt speedway is going to be rad. Um, October 20 and 21st, Tracker Cross, Tracker Cross 2, the Halloween edition, is going to be happening. Um, and after that, November 3rd and 4th, Race on the Res and Ivy League Racing presents... Twisted Throttles, that is going to be at Barona, Barona Flat Track and, and uh, Drag Strip. And there's going to be like a whole bike thing happening in Ramona, which is a nearby town. Don't miss that. Go to Twisted Throttles uh, SoCal for that or Race on the Res and check those Instagrams out. As, uh, you know, you can check out all the Instagrams. You can check out Rusty Butcher. You can check out Venice Mi- Vintage Motorcycle Club, Lucky Wheels Garage, Um ramming speed uh hell on wheels uh gosh who am i missing here there's there's so many that you can check out and get all this info that i just mentioned um and see what's going on if you want uh chopper events and stuff like that go check out some other really cool podcasts like riders on the norm uh there's another one i just started recently listening to called the salvage show why did i listen to that well because chris wiggins is on that he's been on every podcast uh, pretty much in the last month. So uh, probably mine the most, but, um, you know, he's making the rounds. And uh, we'll be having him here in a co-hosting sort of role here for the next couple months, hopefully. Um, and, ch- of course, check out Motorcycles and Misfits and uh, the Loud Pipes dudes. Like I said, we'll, we'll be on their uh, next show. And they're coming up on show number 100, which is cool. Uh, recently featured on uh, Motorcycle Men was some dude named Junk. They gave me a nickname. My name's Junk. Um, I'm liking it. And uh, as usual, motorcycle men, we always talk to them about the fact that they are one of the only Harley-centric motor podcasts out there. Um, There's so many like racing ones and this and that, but they're like pretty pretty Harley-specific. The law-abiding bikers, also pretty Harley-specific because they're motor motors officers and of course they ride harleys for work so they are uh, pretty harley specific and they actually talked about that on their last episode which was kind of cool they did talk about motorcycle officer training which was a really cool uh episode and they also talked about why they don't you know use beamers and hondas anymore not that they're um inferior bikes it's actually that they're hard to get to all the stuff underneath the cladding and all all the cowlings and stuff like that where harley is just out there 
exposed. And if you go down, it doesn't take you 1,000 hours to replace a stinking oil filter. Um, you can do it out in the field on the fly. And um, so, yeah, there's they're just a lot better for that. I never thought of that, actually. Um, but, yeah, so the, check out Law Abiding Bikers. Um, you can check out Throttled Podcast. I listen to those dudes. Um, I also listen to False Neutral cafe racer when they come out wheel nerds chucks on vacation but i imagine he'll be punching my face here in november when uh the ims long beach show comes around um i also listened to false or cleveland moto i think i already said false neutral i did not say above idol yet uh and the cafe racer podcast when they come out so there's just a handful of some of the ones that i listen to um yeah there is pretty awesome podcasts they're the wave of the future uh, so, hey, we're about to uh, round out the end of the show here, and I would like to say um, I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple of random Instagrams that I've been following lately. I'm just going to spin the wheel here and touch one. Um, all right, Cafe Racer Dreams. Uh, they make pretty bitchin'. They're out of Spain. Um, I followed them way before Instagram was a thing. They make some pretty awesome uh, cafe racer stuff from from Spain. Everything from like 250s to 750s. Uh, let me see. Here, hit another one. Uh, Shalena93. That's uh, Shalena Moreda. Obviously, if you don't know her, she is a motorcycle racing. I think she's got a company called She's Racing. And um, yeah, check her out for a bunch of stuff let me see there's another one. i'm just randomly spinning with my eyes closed and picking to make this fair um this one is blind thistle blind thistle is a girl uh, from montana that does some pretty sweet motor related artwork and uh yeah check out blind thistle and i think she has a website called as the magpie flies that's first where i saw her um, so yeah, check out her stuff. Her name's Amanda and she does amazing, amazing artwork. Uh, so that's three. I'll do uh, three every week here on out. And we are getting to the time of year where we're going to be doing some movie reviews for you. Maybe some audiobook reviews or some book reviews since it's going to be getting a little colder and uh, you may be working in the shop. Maybe you want to know something, some crummy book. Uh, biker movie that you can watch on the weekend with your friends over some beers um you know that's not going to cost an arm and a leg and isn't cheesy like wild hogs hey i'm sorry if you like wild hogs but i'm just saying like you know if you want to go cheesy listen to some of the stuff we reviewed last year like uh the bloody angels and the glory stompers and all that. so those are some campy you know bike exploitation films we that's that's the type of stuff we strive for here maybe this year i'll go into some um a little bit more profound, I guess we'll say, you know, we'll start doing stuff like the on any Sundays and dust to glories and all that great stuff. So we'll see. Uh, there is something that I would like to say here. Now this is, uh, from my friend Ricky and, uh, he's an old writing and drinking buddy of mine. And so this, this stuff is, uh, some copyrighted, uh, trademark stuff that, He's uh, working on, and he wanted me to, uh, you know, kind of pitch it over with him. So here we go. We uh, he saw Mark Dugali's Ink Bus, um, uh, the tour, right? If you're not familiar with Mark Dugali, go back and listen to episode. I want to say 18, uh, 16 or 18. 
of our show and uh, check our feed and Facebook page because we like a lot of stuff that Mark does. He has a mobile tattoo studio called Inkbus. And that reminds my buddy Ricky of a TV show that he's been dreaming about called Methbus. And on Methbus, you get two buses equipped with all the necessary items to cook meth, 12 ordinary people from various walks of life split into two teams. It's a coast-to-coast race traveling uh, on only the proceeds of your drug sales. And so it's kind of like Breaking Bad meets uh, the Great Food Truck Challenge or whatever the hell, some some cooking show. Um, but yeah, just think, uh, you know, the cannonball run literally on meth. Um, and also... He was thinking that America wasn't ready for such a thing. However, the recent events here are making me rethink my position. And I think you're right on, man. The opioid epidemic right now in America and the way Big Pharma, if Big Pharma could get their hands on this, I mean, could you imagine the type of corporate sponsorship you could have for Methbus? So, uh, yeah, Methbus, man. Uh, Good idea. The second uh, show that we're going to be working on here, a couple ideas. Um, These are like working titles, so... Um, he has, uh, so you want to be a porn star. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and also Twitter wars. He'd like to see a dating show revolving around, uh, severely mentally and or physically handicapped people looking for love. And I think, um, there was already one sort of like that. I'll, I'll talk to you about that, Ricky, and we'll, uh, we'll bounce some ideas off each other. And, uh, let's see a biker related game show. Do you have a, do you have a biker related, uh, TV game show that would be kind of fun to watch or that you could think of that would be cool? Uh, I'm not talking like some bull run or like West coast choppers build off, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking something inventive and creative like that. Uh, how about 21 days under the sun, the game show where you literally have to spend 21 days, uh, on the least roadworthy bike you could think of, um, like a show chopper. And you have to ride, you know, from uh, the, the tip of Alaska down to Tierra del Fuego or something in 21 days. I don't know. We, we could make it interesting. If you've got a, a cool game show idea, um, send it in to us. Maybe we'll maybe save it for the Solstice Slam next year. Work on it a little bit, and uh, we'll see what we can do about getting it into production. In the meantime, send your spooky stuff for Spooky Spokes. So, uh, yeah, if you can if you can think of some cool game shows or some cool movies you'd like us to watch and review, um, send those in as it will be the time of year to be, be getting into that soon. So that's just a few upcoming things uh, coming up with the creative writing. Sorry, the website looks like such hammered dog shit right now. I was messing around with some stuff, and I really changed it to a blank canvas trying to... Um, change some CSS and guess what I made it plain as all get out and uh, so we'll be working on that making stuff look better but you can still access everything there creative-writing.com also we have some pretty cool pictures up at creative-writing.tumblr.com and uh, uh, let me see you can find us on Instagram at creative writing podcast on Facebook at creative writing podcast on the Twitters at creative underscore writer. And you can find podcasts wherever your fine quality podcasts are delivered to you on the daily. We're available on SoundCloud app, Stitcher, iTunes, Google play store, um, pod cruncher, pod bean, uh, overcast pocket cast, downcast and outcast. And, uh, yeah, 
let us know and then always check out uh, our buddy Chris at wig09 on the Instagrams or SoCal underscore hooligans and uh, check back we're going to be having some pretty cool guests coming on here maybe we'll have Rex Panther on again and uh, I'm going to go in search of Joey Mack here pretty soon I have now, I don't know if it's important that I tell you my plan, because then if he ever hears this or somebody turns him onto it, then he'll know. But yeah, so uh, Joey Mack, we're going to be uh, hunting some other internet celebrities, and uh, we, I might post up some stuff that we did before, kind of like the hipster name game and some of the other fun stuff that we did here at Creative Writing. Somebody went back and listened to some old episodes where I actually talked about stuff and said some useful stuff. I ain't doing that no more. It's uh, too hard and I'm too dumb. So at any rate, uh, yeah, go check us out on Loud Pipes if you want to hear what smart stuff we had to say about Harley Davidson's. And uh, other than that, have a great weekend. It's a long weekend. Don't drink and drive. If you can, please check out uh, several of the bike shops that are still supporting Hurricane Harvey victims. And uh, be prepared. There's a couple other tropical storms heading this way. So only time will tell uh what will bring what t- what the weather will bring and already here in socal today starting today we got our first uh la county wildfire so i hope that doesn't uh put anyone in danger right now it's ripped up to a few hundred uh acres already like a little over 500 last time i heard a few hours ago and uh voluntary evacuation so you know as with like a hurricane evacuate if you get the chance and um, what's important is to stay alive all right everybody have a good weekend and talk to y'all i can't think of anything else chris you got any cool sign offs you want to no i'm gonna have to come up with something Alexa, who is, let's start out with Valentino Rossi. Alexa, who is Valentino Rossi? Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, who is Valentino Rossi? Valentino Rossi, the person. Yes. That's awesome. Alexa's failing. She's worse so far than Siri. This can be a lot of editing. This is, we're like right on the precipice of a new era. I kind of feel like we're we are like the 1970s, right when everything was going from carbureted hunks of shit with drum brakes to like fuel injection coming on with you know uh, disc brakes. I- I'm only going to see more and more crazy things come out of it.